for future economic trends. This is BizTalk. Hello and welcome to this special edition of Taking the Pulse of China's Economy. Joining us today are two of the most well-known brands. Uh, here we have Mr. Jan Bozak, he's the uh, president of Tapestry Asia Pacific and CEO and president of Coach China. And we also have Jackie Wang here, he's the senior vice president of Dell Technologies. Thank you so much for joining us, gentlemen. So first, tell us a little bit about your companies. Uh, we all know about Coach, but we might not, not know so well about tapestry so why don't you start thank you Michelle and first uh, thank you for having me with you today so uh, tapestry is a New York based house of lifestyle brand three very exquisite and differentiated brand coach Kate Spade New York and Stuart Wisman and tapestry as you know is an English word which in fact represents a piece of fabric that you use a spread to bring together and that's a choice of world that we have as a testament to our inclusivity and diversity because we value diversity of our three very unique brands. All right, I know all three of them and I, I enjoy all of your products. And now let's talk about Dell. Of course, we all know about Dell yeah. uh, computers and I'm sure every one of us has had a Dell computer at some point in our lives, but you're much more than just computers, aren't you? Uh, exactly, you are yeah. right spot on. So first of all, our purpose is to, is to create the technologies that drives uh, human progress. Okay. And our products and solutions ranges from uh, edge computing, data centers, and cloud solutions. That's what we are really about. Uh, and, and also, uh, as we are an American company, but it's very important to know that we have been here uh, doing service uh, since 19, uh, 1998, for the client part, uh, we have uh, like uh, over 1,400 engineers uh, doing nothing but not the deployment, uh, not residency service, not consulting, but really the technical support part of the business. Again, it's very important that we create innovations, not just the best product, latest product and the best service, but also uh, uh, you know the, the, the product that can really resonate with our end users. China always strives to pursue opening up on all fronts. Chinese authorities are improving the business environment and optimizing services to support foreign companies. That includes everything from the continuous expansion of free trade zones to promoting high standard implementation of the RCEP agreement and Belt and Road cooperation. China's ongoing opening up benefits the national economy, multinational companies, and of course, consumers. We know that China is determined to continue to open up, attract foreign companies, make a business environment good for all the foreign companies in China, right? What do you think um, in, the, in the coming years, or what, what are some of the things, suggestions to the Chinese business environment? I think it's, uh, it's a continuation of a trend when there was a, a very defining moment where the government and the leadership were saying that it's maybe less about the quantity, but a lot more about the quality. You know, and they were speaking about the GDP growth, but at the end it's moving to a, a big initiative. I mean, improving the quality of the product, improving the quality of the service, improving the quality of the life of everybody. And I think, as Jackie said, that will come with uh, a growing and growing importance of uh, consumption. 
Yeah. You know, the government have this strategy of the dual circulation, you yeah. know, and we see that as really the exemplification mm -hmm. of, uh, of the vision of the, of the dual circulation and the growth of a quality consumption. You know, and that's important in the sense that the customer is becoming even more and more refined yeah. in his choice, more and more discerning, but also more and more demanding in terms of high quality product and super high quality service. Again, this market is, uh, is huge. It's, you know, it's, it just consists of everything, you know, from A all the way to Z. So it's really up to all the brands to, uh, to be selective, yeah. where you, how and where you want to really compete and how you can really cater to the needs. I, I, I would say, at the end of the day, it's all about how to really uh, cater to the needs, all the newfound needs of the consumers. And sometimes we have to lead a little bit on that, just to yeah. make sure that we can create uh, better a market as well, not, not just the tapping the market, but also mm -hmm. creating part of the market uh, here in China. China is making efforts to recover an economy affected by a resurgence of COVID-19. Despite a slowdown in July and August, companies around the world are still voting with their feet to invest in the Chinese market. That's because they see the demand potential here. Numbers show foreign direct investment in China from January to July jumped 21.5% year-on-year in U.S. dollars. And according to McKenzie, the Chinese consumer market is already the world's largest in purchasing power, and the Chinese middle class will continue to grow in scale. Also, let's not talk about sustainable growth. And I feel like sustainable growth, and also in general, is a big thing right now, right? So um, tell us what your companies are doing to ensure you know, sustainable and green development. We are launching, I believe, very uh, emotional and exciting uh, opportunities around upcycling, you know, bringing back your handbag, for example, and we will transform it uh, and you will get like a new one. Oh. You know, uh, we call that Coach Reloved. Okay. I mean, we're, I also looking, uh, we're also looking with a lot of detail about how do we source our material. You know, leather is a, is a byproduct yeah. of the meat industry. Yeah. But then, I mean, you have some way to raise uh, cattle in a way that, in fact, is not only carbon neutral, mm. but it's helping the planet. And you have way which, in fact, are not helping the planet. So, of as a responsible uh, company, we need to really... Uh, make the right choice and, mm -hmm. and move into the right direction. Yeah, a lot can be done for that. And I know you're very involved yeah. in the oh. ESG. Yes, we, uh, we're doing that big time. I would say it's becoming uh, our corporate DNA, mm. uh, just to be, you know, try to be more sustainable with a clear uh, goal in mind. Uh, so right now, if you look at our packaging, I would say even for our high-end product, our pack packaging is not necessarily extreme in packaging. We okay. don't over-package. And, and also 90% plus of our current packaging actually comes from re reusable and recyclable materials. Uh, and we hope that by 2030, uh, we could be at 100%. And also for our products, it's the same. We want to make sure that by 2030, 50% uh, of our products actually comes from recyclable, reusable materials okay. that could contribute more to uh, reducing uh, the, the carbon footprint. So uh, clearly short term, long term, and also the future. But uh, again, it's part of the DNA. I want yeah. to do more. Coming up next, how can companies keep up with China's fast-paced market? We never look at China only as a market. We really look at China also as a source of inspiration. 
can international brands remain competitive when Chinese domestic brands gain momentum? We don't lose local touch, while we can benefit from being a global company. Sideline Story brings you all things sports-related. The hottest topics, latest events, juiciest stories, all with a very personal take. Subscribe to Sideline Story Podcast for heated sports discussions covering events that are happening in China and around the world. What are some of the highlights and trends that you're observing in China in terms of China's cons consumers? Um, some changes in demographics, for example, or um, their preference? Or who wants to start? Why don't we start with you? Yeah, I think, I think definitely the world is in a different place now. More specifically here in China, I think, Definitely, that was an accelerator of a trend which was already extremely strong, which is the digitalization of the business. Mm. I mean, our Chinese customers are spending seven, eight hours on mobile phone watching a lot of funny video or very exciting fashion video, by the way, yeah. or playing games. I think as a way for us to adapt uh, as a consumer brand, uh, it's about staying laser focused on how all of the change of the customer. Mm. and. Uh, Lucky enough, I think, four years ago, we realized that a lot of our teams working in the store wanted to connect with the customer not only within the four walls of our store. Now, the connection can also be on Red, on Douyin, on uh, all of the social media platforms, yeah. and our sales associates wanted to participate in that. So, we created a very extensive training program and transforming our sales associates in the store into brand ambassador, which allowed them during the lockdown or during periods period that where people are a bit more reluctant to come to store to continue to have those connections and presenting the brand and presenting the innovation. China's massive digital population presents a huge market for e-commerce, since 70% of its population uses the internet. Live stream shopping occupies a popular space in China's e-commerce market. Live streaming accounts for 10% of Chinese e-commerce revenue, with an estimated merchandise value of over $420 billion in 2022. Analysts estimate that almost half a billion people made purchases on a shopping live stream in 2021, a 20% increase from 2020. And for you, Jackie, well, how is the trend in technology? Yeah, like? for us, I would say uh, there are several takeaways. Mm -hmm. One is it's becoming so dynamic that uh, there's uh, uh, some of the, say, after the exams for the students, mm -hmm. before the college entry, uh, there's a huge surge with the uh, gaming PCs yeah. demand. So we have to be prepared, we have to be more flexible with our supply chains and the procurement, mm -hmm. just to make sure that we can cater to those changes. And working from home for us uh, is also changing uh, lots of lots of uh, ways how we cater, we talk to our customers. Uh, for, for instance, they're working from home, and we have to make sure that when, we come, when it comes to service, we have to really drive more of an online support uh, other than just uh, you know, a next business day visit because it's completely changing the landscapes. And also I see that uh, with the economy uh, evolving and the consumption upgrading, uh, we do see that on some of the mature markets, how to make sure that we can cater a different needs 
with different gels, mm-hmm. with different products mm-hmm. uh, to our consumers is very important so that we don't lose track of where the opportunities are. Mm-hmm. Uh, so those are really the things that we have to keep changing, keep adapting yeah. and keep leading as well. We get feedback more from our consumers in terms of how we can even run even faster. Uh, so our gaming for instance, uh, we're changing from 16 by 9 ratio to 16 by 10, better resolution, higher refresh rate, newest graphic, newest um, uh, a chipset, so we'll just keep evolving with that. Uh, otherwise, mm. you know, I think this is also highly competitive a market. Don't you agree, Mr. Yan? Highly competitive. <laughs> yeah. So we have it's to make sure. competitive. <laughs> exactly. Yes. We have to make yes. sure we always get the best, the latest and newest into China. International brands are enjoying the wealth of the Chinese market, but domestic products have also gained traction in recent years. Guochao, or Chinese fashion trend, is booming among Chinese consumers, boosting demand for domestic brands and products. The percentage of keyword searches for Chinese brands surged to more than two-thirds among all the searches on Baidu, up from only about one-third ten years earlier. From food and drinks to clothing, technology, and even electric vehicles, the trend to embrace domestic brands has spread rapidly. For many international companies, how to sustain competitiveness in the Chinese market becomes a challenge. Now, you also mentioned about the competitiveness of this market right now in China, domestic-made brands. So these brands are gaining more popularity, I'm sure, both in fashion and in technologies. Um, How do you position yourself um, in the face of that? With a lot of respect for all of the great work that the local brands are doing and Chinese brands. We never look at China only as a market. We really look at China also as a source of inspiration for us. I mean, inspiration in terms of product innovation, inspiration in terms of customer experience, inspiration in terms of digitalization. So we want to be part of this dialogue. We want to know the Chinese designer. We want to know more about what they are doing because we recognize also that they are laser focused and they are very, very obsessed about understanding and serving the Chinese customer. So, again, a lot of respect and a lot of learning from us. We started also last year and, and we continue now a very interesting project with, uh, with the Donghua University of Fashion and Design in Shanghai when we collaborated with more than 100 young designer-to-be and sharing with them, okay, what do you believe coach can bring to China? What is your emotion? What do you have in your mind? And that was very, very exciting. We are sure that the coming few decades, Mm -hmm. the cool thing will come from China. We put a name for that. We call it the China cool. We recognize that the young generation, we spoke about them before, they look for more and more personalized service, Mm -hmm. personalized product. It's not about putting a picture of the temple of heaven on the product and say, oh my God, I have a Chinese product. You know, I <laughs> or mean... a dragon. Exactly. exactly. <laughs> or you put a dragon on it and okay, that's done. No, 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 no. I mean, really, China is booming with innovation. China is booming with a very rich artistic scene. China is moving to a point with a lot of very great local brand that we are looking at. And we want to help, in fact. Sometimes I have a hard time when I'm explaining people who are not living in China. What is a China way of life? Mm-hmm. Why is China cool? Why I'm spending more than 10 years in Shanghai and I really love it? You know, b- because outside of China, people have a hard time to visualize what is a Chinese way of life. Yeah. But I believe those artists, those brands, with whom we will continue to collaborate, by the way, 
will little by little have their voice heard outside of China and people will understand better why China is so cool. Yeah, soft power. There you go. That's a great way to actually promote China and let the world know about yeah. our culture and design. So incorporating Chinese artists, how about for technologies? Yeah, uh, I would say with some similarity to what Yan just said, mm -hmm. uh, because uh, clearly uh, on the technology part uh, of the world, we do see that uh, Chinese consumers actually has uh, different needs. We get more insights from countries uh, that has different needs and then we try to really cater to that needs and sometimes we bring forth even new things to countries where it's a newfound need uh, you know to that market so that's how we try to make sure that we don't lose the local touch while we can benefit from being a global company so we try to create continue to create this kind of uh, 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 values to our customers that's how I see it so we don't necessarily uh, compete against anybody, mm -hmm. but we have to make sure that we have to please our customers. Coming up next, with Generation Z becoming mainstream, what will be the next consumption trend? Definitely very engaged on social media. The next one will be engaged into social media metaverse community building. When businesses enter the e-commerce era, how do they market? Very important that you leverage social media to come across because they would buy something they already know very much in detail. Hi, this is Niu Niu. And yes, Old Wisdom New Insights is back with a brand new season. Just check out the historical figures we've selected for you. There's the top KOL in Song Dynasty, a real celebrity influencer. If I write an article about a place, it will become a tourist destination and stay popular for centuries. There's the man who was so weird but so talented that almost all the famous celebrities of his time were both offended and impressed by him at the same time. To be liked or disliked, that was never the question for me. I was not really popular among my peers, but I was too occupied with my dream to even realize that. There's the successful novelist who changed his career path in his 60s and did a really good job. I say, it's never too old to follow your dream. 60, 60 it's just my 30. Now, do you know who I'm talking about? If not, don't you worry. That's what the show is all about. Join me to find out with more old wisdom, new insights with a modern twist. Just subscribe and listen to Old Wisdom, New Insights on all the major podcast platforms. Now looking forward, right, where do you think will be the main driver in the next couple of years in terms of, you know, the groups of consumers or in terms of the fields that you're in? I try to look more than a couple of years. Now, the interesting part, the exciting part, that's why I'm looking not only two years but more, is that, yes, we speak a lot about the Gen Z because yeah. the Gen Z is born with a fantastic mobile phone in his hand. Yeah, okay. yeah, and because of that, the level of engagement digitally is very high. Gen Z, that is our customer now for the coming few years, I think definitely is very engaged on social media. The next one 
will be engaged into social media metaverse community building right and uh, and we need to start to be in front of There's them now. now you have to be where they are yeah you know yes. you, you cannot ask the customer especially mm -hmm. the young one to come and consider you you need right. to find them where they are yeah. and yeah. say and, and, and providing something relevant and exciting for them the metaverse is undoubtedly one of the biggest topics in 2022. Underpinning all the buzz is the very real potential for AR, VR to fundamentally change how consumers interact with brands and shop, both online and in person. Will the metaverse and Web3 dramatically change the way we shop? Probably yes, but the technology driving this will take some time to become even close to widespread. Still, many retailers and businesses are jumping on the brand wagon. Whether it's by filing trademarks for NFTs, releasing their own games, or looking into futuristic advertising methods, companies are springing up to accommodate them. Yeah, a lot is about the new, new generation, the, the, the Gen Z, the, the younger demographic, isn't it? Yeah. What about yeah. for you guys? For us, uh, I, I want to start by talking a little bit uh, on the macroeconomics. Okay. So if you compare between China and the U.S., yeah. uh, if you look at the percentage of GDP, that is consumption, China is way lower yeah. as part of the GDP. So it's quite apparent yeah. that for this economy to further you know, grow, it's already 30% more or less of the incremental global GDP now. Mm -hmm. But still, there's a lots of headroom to, to further grow the business on yeah. the other part of consumption. consumption yes. Yeah. So I, I think that's one. So, you know, for anybody playing the long shot, mm -hmm. I think that is quite clear. I do see that there is a, a, a very much diversified need. Okay. Just to Yen's point, it's, yeah. yeah. Very, very uh, you know, in terms of age, demographics, yeah. geographics, uh, and in terms of different, uh, say, I would say, sub-segment needs. 20 years ago, you, when you talk about segmentation, you can have like a four segmentations. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and, and now, you know, if you have four segmentations, basically you lose touch, you lose touch with the market. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. So, so in that case, we have to be, again, further adaptive, cater to the needs of the market, just to make sure that we can do a better job. Also, e-commerce. I think we've talked a little bit about the online sales. I'm sure more and more of your products are sold online now. Um, every year, I think there's an increase, right? How is that changing the whole dynamic and how much of a focus and how do you position yourself in, in terms of that? So we're very, uh, we're very lucky as well here because we opened Coach.com e-commerce in 2012 in China. Okay. So that's already 10 years ago. 10 years ago we yeah. were, I think, the first brand to open a WeChat mm -hmm. account in 2012 as well. Oh, uh, well at that time, people early. say, why do you do to WeChat? That's not yeah. for brand. You know, we, are, we were the first brand to open a flagship on Douyin mm -hmm. to sell product, also e-commerce enabled. So we really want to participate into a lot of what is up and coming. Okay. You know, we don't know what will be the next fantastic application for, uh, for, for, for social media or for e-commerce in the coming five to 10 years. Mm -hmm. I think we don't know it mostly because maybe it doesn't exist yet. Right. But, but if you kind of find it and engage with them, yeah. not everybody is shopping on the same, uh, the same platform and not everybody is looking for the same customer experience or not even the same user interface or not the same recommendation profile and not the same algorithm behind. So it's, uh, it, 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 it's an extremely uh, exciting, as you say, journey. Yeah. Because you kind of building the plane in the same time you are uh, you are flying. Yeah. yeah. And 
Well, you know, if you look at China's e-commerce, 90% of e-commerce is, uh, is mobile. Yeah. Right. Yeah, uh, and according to third-party information, I think Amazon, uh, say Amazon, uh, in U.S. probably is more like a 40%. Oh, wow. So clearly, China is different in terms of e-commerce, mm -hmm. right? So it's very important that we can we can really tap on uh, the mobile social media mm -hmm. as well as the mobile e-commerce. Okay. So it's is is very much about uh, technological disciplines, process disciplines, as well as creativity. Uh, so we are very much uh, prepared to tackle this change and, and dynamic uh, in the e-commerce field. Also, we work with all the major uh, China uh, e-tailers like JD.com, flagship stores, Marketplace, Alibaba, uh, just to make sure that uh, we, uh, we have our products available uh, for our customers mm -hmm. everywhere. So that's how I see it. But it's very important to also understand the touch and feel is indispensable. Yeah. A lot of time, uh, at least the old time, I should say, maybe we hear less of that. Mm -hmm. There was a bit of a conversation about, oh, there is e-commerce and there is a brick and mortar store. Yes. And one gonna eat the other one alive. But, you know, when you speak to customer or when, when you reflect about ourselves, mm -hmm. you know, first, human being is still a very social animal. Yeah. So we want to socialize, of course, digitally, but we also want to meet real people. Mm -hmm. Brick and mortar store are not dead at all, no. but the boring brick and mortar store is going are to die. Dead, yeah. <laughs> so you, you, you need to find something. You need to find a good reason yeah. for to come. And yeah. one of the reasons, by the way, is the team that we have in the store, mm. the design of the store, the experience, the product, That's but the true. team that we have in the store. So where is the boundary if one of my sales associates is a store is selling something online to a customer? Is it e-commerce? Is it brick and mortar? Right. Is it and the answer is we don't care that much. No. That's just part of a customer journey and the customer satisfaction. Yes. Yeah, that's a good point. Uh, let me actually, when I think of it, I have quite a few of sales. Yes, I'm sure. People on my phone now, and they push me yes. new updates of oh. products, and I sometimes order directly on the phone. And then when I have time, I go there. I go for an experience. It's it's now really more about the experience. I'm sure for also technologies, right? When you go Same. to the store, you try the yeah. the screen, you feel the games, the, yes. the, the, yeah. whatever new technologies you have. Exactly. So that's, that's the key now. Uh, I want to go beyond a little bit about the commerce, okay. uh, but uh, other things that is e, which is really the social media. Uh -huh. Yeah. So uh, so so definitely it's, it's very important that if you look at especially on some of the segments like uh, on our business, uh, consumer gaming, mm -hmm. uh, those are geeky people playing the games, <laughs> right? Uh, they want to know the product. I play games as well. Uh, <laughs> all right. These are, so, these are so, popular. So, yeah, so, so, so it's very important that um, uh, you leverage social media to come across because they would buy something they already know very much in detail. Mm. Yeah, perfect. Indeed. All right, thank you so much for joining us. I think we are running out of time. So that's uh, Jackie Wong, yeah. Senior Vice President of Dell Technologies and Yang Bozak. He's the uh, president of uh, Tapestry Asia. And uh, I think that will conclude our program this time. We all had a great time um, and hope you did too. So thank you very much and we'll see you next time.